this morning. Let's put our hands together with thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you so much. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. We're going to let our classes, they can go back. And, amen. And as they're doing that, let me say, we're, so, we're just thrilled to have each and every one of you in the house of the Lord this morning to come and be with us, to love God, to worship the Lord. Amen. With us. God bless you. It's so good to have Mr. D.C. and his family with us this morning. Somebody please get that little girl, direct her. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. I think she's done got hooked up with somebody. That's good. Amen. Marley. Hallelujah. Praise God. And uh, but uh, we're just good to have them this morning. Comes in the hardware store often. It's good to see him. Uh, I've learned one thing of him. He can follow instructions pretty good. For I understand he is remodeling a, a, a place and uh, is doing an awesome job. Not really ever done it, but uh, amen. He asks us. And you know what? That, that says a lot. And so just good to have them with us this morning. Appreciate them so much being here. It's good to have chair, amen, with us, God, sister. Hey, it's good to see you back with us this morning. God bless you. Just come to worship the Lord with us. And, you know, just thrills our hearts, Sister Mallory. God bless you. It's good to see you, too. Appreciate you. Good to see each one of you. Some are out. Some are out. Had some situations that came up and they weren't able to make it. So that's the reason we're a little low this morning. Uh, but let's pray for them. Ask God to minister to them. Some still sick. Some still battling. Uh, the virus and different things of that nature. But let's keep all of them in our prayers and our minds. Amen. It's so good to see you, Brother Chance. Sarah, God bless y'all. Been missing, man. Missing y'all around here. Glad to see you get over that stuff. Praise God. It's, it's been tough on some. <laughs> Amen. But uh, it's good to see each one of you. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the lesson this morning, to be honest with you. I really am. That, it's a powerful lesson. Uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ. And uh, if you ever, ever, you know, uh, get a real revelation of Jesus Christ and, and, and who he was and what he brought to us. What's made available through Jesus Christ, especially to you and I as Gentiles. Amen. And uh, when we get a revelation of that and start tapping into the riches and the powers of it, uh, there's so much comfort in that, so much assurance. And I'm going to tell you, we need it today. We need it. The world we're living, the times we're living, there's so much chaos, there's so much trouble, so much heartache. Uh, even in our nation, you know, uh, things that we, we felt real secure about and real comfortable with. As uh, far as uh, in, in this nation, uh, we, can, we have seen in the last uh, little while uh, how that this thing, but we, we knew, we know the Bible, you know, Paul warned us it's going to be troubled times, difficult times. And as the coming of the Lord is nearing, and the end time is approaching. Uh, it's a time to get ready. Amen. And I thought when Brother Forge mentioned about that gentleman. And uh, through whatever resources he's getting some kind of information. And getting stirred up. I'm telling you what. We need to be stirred. We need to be stirred. We need to be concerned about our souls. We need to be concerned about eternity. And, and thank God. God gave us a book. Amen. Holy men of God was moved upon by the Holy Ghost. It's not a man's idea. This is a God's idea. Amen. It's an instructions. It gives guidelines and how to be saved. Not only how to be saved, but how to keep ourselves in a raptured condition. One book, amen, how to be saved. 21, amen, letters written to us, how to keep in that condition. Amen. I want to stay in that condition. How about you? Praise God. And uh, I realize uh, sometimes, how many wants to stay in good physical condition? The ideal, the ideal thing that that is, is that would be without exercise, without eating right. That's my list, but it don't work too good, does it? 
No, it don't. Good sleep. You know, sleep as late as you want to. <laughs> Responsibility to have good health. Got to eat right. Got to got to rest. Got to exercise at least some, uh, some form, some fashion. I do, <laughs> but it takes a little more than that. Praise God. Well, I got up and went and got my own plate. I mean, what are you? At? But anyway, but you know what I'm saying. But uh, but got a good lesson today. I'm telling you, it's just a beautiful lesson. Alpha and Omega. Beginning, the end, first and last. Praise God. He, he's all of it. Jesus Christ is all of it. Another place the writer called, he says, author and finisher of what? Our faith. Amen. Who are we looking to come? Who are we expecting to come? And, and folks, I don't have to get in the truck and drive off somewhere to look for him. When he comes, it's going to happen in a moment, twinkling an eye, and I'm going to meet him in the clouds. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then we're going to be with him on that second coming, that battle of Armageddon. Amen. And then the place that even John, a lesson, part of our scripture lesson, talks about coming as the way he ascended or, or left, amen, in the clouds. And uh, no doubt Paul helped us with the revelation. And boy, did Paul have some revelations. And if you spend three years, uh, amen, in a desert or in a place alone with God, and God's one that is instructing you, especially with the instructions he already had from the Old Testament, from the Hebrew. And then God came, amen, instructed him. No wonder he became our apostle, the Gentiles' apostle, to instruct us. Amen. So, praise God. Focus thought. The revelation of Jesus Christ should what? Produce awe and wonder in us. Good place for that to start is the house of God. We could take this nation right here. At one time, especially 50 years ago, the house of God would be reverenced by all. It didn't matter if they went to the house of God or not. And I'm talking about this this. The grounds and the building and the place. Uh, you could take, you know, well-known thieves, but they would not, they would not, they would not go to a place. Uh, I can remember a time where he's Methodist raised right down this road a few miles and uh, never locked the doors. I can remember a time of that, you know. Now, time has changed, and so now the doors have to be locked, and security cameras have to be put up, and one thing after another, and still, still, even after a lot of that. Uh, you're pronged in subject, you know, uh, things, even even church properties. I, I was been informed a couple, and I've even mentioned to you, we're still parking it under the canopy out here. Uh, you know, vans, they're, they're attacking vans and cutting out the convertibles out from under them because they can get so much money for them. I know a good way to stop that. Amen. Wouldn't that help anyway? It's wherever they go to sell them, they get a proof of purchase where they got it. What vehicle? Give me your, the VIN number. You know, you got this thing off of yeah, well, it'd be a little hard for them. Anyway, that's just, you know, God works the same way. God really does, you know, because God don't have, don't have no problem keeping balances where they need to be, weights where they need to be. And like he's a just God. He's a loving God. He's a caring God. Thank God for his mercy and grace. Praise God. Our focus verses is actually in Revelations 1, 17 and 18. When I saw him, he's talking about Jesus. I fell at his feet as dead. This is John the Revelator. And I, I will talk about that. It's basically toward the end of our lesson today. And he laid his right hand upon me saying unto me, fear not. It's not the intent. There is a fear. There is a fear of awe. And we'll talk about that some. And then there is a fear 
a man of a Lord or a God that is ready to just destroy us, to tear us apart. But that's not this God. This God is full of mercy and compassion, long-suffering and gentleness. And thank God for it. As Paul put it, I am what I am by what? His grace. You and I are all witnesses of that same grace, of that mercy. It's not our own doings. It's the mercy and grace of God that we experience that we are who we are by his mercy and grace. Amen. And so he goes from that. He says, fear not, for I am the first of the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. He's never going to taste or experience death again. That's the difference between some that was resurrected prior to him. They was only resurrected into that same old nature, but not Jesus Christ. He's never going to taste, and he's even conquered a man. The greatest enemy you and I are, got is death, all said and done. And he, that enemy doesn't have to, that death doesn't have to be an enemy because the scriptures taught us, precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of the saints because preparation's been made. And so, therefore, we do not have to fear death simply because we believe he conquered death. And through following the plan of salvation, we've experienced at least to a measure of this resurrecting power. Because now we've been lifted out of the death of transgressions and sins. <laughs> through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so we have tasted and experienced and, and know that, you know What? By this experience, I'm also assured of uh, that whenever death grips this body, this temple, that there's coming another day. That it's not the end. It's not a period. It's just a comma. It's a pause until that day in the moment, twink and I. Paul makes it very clear to us that the dead in Christ are going to do what? They're going to ride first. They're going to be the first ones. And then we're going to be caught up, live, remain, walking in faith and truth Caught up with them and meet the Lord in the air. Praise God. So, so when you really begin to understand what the scriptures instructing us and telling us and being telling us about even Jesus Christ here, a man was made, Behold, I live forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and the grave or death. Praise God. He's got the keys. Jesus got them. He's the keys. He's the key opener. Amen. So watch this. So when death gets a hold of us, guess what? He's the one that's going to open those graves. He won't, he won't have the natural key and come down. But he is the key. By his name. By his blood. By his spirit. By the three witnesses that the Bible talks about. You know, you can go into any court. And you can have, you, can have, you know, high dollar lawyers or just mediocre lawyers, lawyers. But if you can get three witnesses that can look. Seeing that whatever took place and whatever you've been charged with or whatever faced with. But you have three witnesses. And especially if they saw it from three different angles. And they're able to take these three witnesses. And when they put them on the stand, they're able to tell so much of the story and a likeness and resemblance. That the truth of the story comes out. And all three witnesses is in your favor. <laughs> now watch this. <laughs> we don't have just a mediocre lawyer. We have, we have the best. His name is Jesus Christ. Praise God. He's also the three witnesses. It's his word. It's his spirit. And it's his name. It's his blood. 
We're not going to lose. <laughs> that devil's lying to you. He's trying to deceive people. The best options he's got is persuade people never to believe this to start with. Then afterwards, he's going to constantly try to question you. If I be the son of God. Devil, you know. You know what I've experienced. You know him. You've experienced him. You tempted him, in fact. But you didn't win. <laughs> Guess what? That's the same one I'm calling to help me in my temptations. In fact, promising me that he would put more on me than what I can bear. And if I'll just obey the scripture and won't make provision for the flesh. Praise God. This thing's a sealed deal. That's the intent of God. As we walk in the spirit. Day in and day out. And the comfort and assurance. Why? Because we've met him. Because we know him. We've experienced him. Because we have sat in heavenly places just as the presence. As we sung that song this morning. Oh, how great thou art. We're a witness of how great he is. When he pulled us out of the dungeons, out of the pits of that miry clay of sin and deception into his marvelous truth and his light. So as we go into this lesson, and uh, the writer uh, talks about certain terms and how... Especially through the Hebrew and the process of taking certain terms and using that term as, in a sense, in a way of and not really telling it just like it is. In other words, naming it for what it is, but using terms going all around it and making its way unto it. In other words, terms that are likened unto it. Patterns and things of this nature. Okay? And so we're going to watch John. As he's called upon in Revelation, the first chapter, we're going to deal with about the first 18 verses. And uh, we're going to see as where he informs us of a number of things that has took place in his life at this particular time as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Okay? And he's going to help us because really the book of Revelation is, and that's where it gets its name. The very beginning of it. Amen. It's a revelation. It's an apocalypse. It's unveiling. Uncovering. What? Who Jesus was. And that's what it's about. The whole book is about Jesus. It's about a Jehovah God. A God that is a spirit you cannot see but yet... A man through the process of time and even from the very beginning before there was ever the first Adam. This God that knows the ending from the beginning knew there would be a second Adam. A man that would be a quickening spirit called Jesus Christ. And so you see from even Genesis the third chapter after the fall of man and the fall of the first Adam. The promise of a second Adam. A second son that would not necessarily or would not be the son of a man. Son of a woman, true. But he would not have an earthly father. He'd have a heavenly father. Because the Holy Ghost is what overshadowed Mary. And even she wasn't so sure about it. 
But this is where faith comes in. It's when you don't understand, but you know what? I'm just going to take it your word. Sometimes you just have to do the same way. That's a reason, amen, when you don't understand, understand life and its twists and turns and things of that nature. But you can be assured of one thing. God said, I'd never leave you nor forsake you. He promised us that he would be a very present help in the time of trouble. If there's ever been a time that you and I need the presence of God alive and well in our lives, we're there. The pandemic, different things that's went on from the government right on down. <laughs> but thank God when we can assemble here and come to join together here. A presence and a touch of God. But it's not just here. We can take it home with us. And walk with it. Be led by it. And so as we watch this unfold here this morning. The writer really starts out contemplating the topic. And he, he, he uses the word, amen, out of Psalms 47, 1 and 2. Oh, clap your hands, holy people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. We hear that often. But what about the next one? For the Lord, all capital letters, Jehovah God, the Spirit, that's what he's talking about, the Lord, the Almighty, the Everlasting One, Omnipresent One, Omnipotent One, hallelujah. He knows, sees, all-powerful, this one. Most High is what? It's terrible. Well, that's a term. <laughs> it almost flips it. It almost uh, it, it causes you to... Uh, translations, if you look into them, and the writer even talks about it, the term a lot of time terrible could be translated into awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Praise God. He is an awesome God. And contemplating the topic, he talks about, and I haven't read the book, the C.S. Lewis, a man of fiction book, it talks about the line and this awesome and this, this, this terrible, a man is, is awesome. And then it's turned, he talks about this line and talks about the, claw, the claws and the eyes of fire. And if you, and you're going to watch even the description as we go into it today of Jesus Christ and what John saw. What he beheld and caused him to fall like a dead man in his presence. But this is one also that reached out with the right hand. That was holding at the same time. Stars. It touched him. All of these are types and symbols and likeness of who he was and authority and power. Is that not what the real struggle is all about anyway? Even our own personal lives. It's who we allow to rule us. I'm going to use a term that we don't like. Dictate us. Control us. Anybody like to be controlled? Anybody like to be manipulated? Well, the fourth dimension, but we all worship something. Everybody. We're created that way. We're created, amen, in the image of God. And that voidness in us is to worship Him as the Almighty God, to love Him with, with all that, that Scripture taught us to love Him with all the heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. He's a jealous God. But this jealousy, amen, is, is to the positive side. Amen. Because he has such a love for us, we have this assurance that he'll protect us. He'll provide for us. That's the reason David could write, amen, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
That didn't exempt him from trials and troubles and disappointments. But yet he knew in, in serving God and faithful to him that even when times he came up short, this is the point I'm going to find mercy and grace and compassion to overcome the, my own personal mistakes. <laughs> Thank God for his blood. So as we watch him here, and uh, he begins to address and talks about it. He says, talks about the seven churches, addresses in John's revelation, Jesus Christ, were the real churches with real needs, all these churches, the seven. Let's also remember something, seven churches in Asia. The, this was not the only churches in Asia, okay? There's others. You can go in your, your New Testament, you'll see where there's two or three others that's mentioned and possibly even more. But if you'll watch, if you'll follow the geographical location of these particular churches and the process that he is to take this letter, amen, and, and give it to them and to instruct and warn them and, and help them to understand, man. And so it basically makes a circle, makes it spray all the way back around. And so some of the same terms is doing the same thing in this lesson. Because it's really all about Jesus Christ. And if you watch what John, as he begins to describe what he beheld and what he saw and the presence that he was in. There's, there's, that's the reason the Bible warned us about the Holy Ghost. How awesome and powerful it is. Blaspheming of the Holy Ghost is the only sin that the blood of Christ cannot wash away. Okay, would that give you a little idea? Would that stir you a little bit? Hmm. That's the reason it's so important to be taught about the Holy Ghost, to be instructed about the Holy Ghost, about receiving the Holy Ghost. Why do you call it the Holy Ghost? Because it's the spirit of the departed one huh, that's coming back. He's not still in the grave. He's not defeated by the devil. In fact, he went to the devil, the enemy, the greatest enemy of all against him, and took his keys. Praise God. So, we are blessed in this house today. Revelation, understanding of who you and I are as born-again Christians and followers and disciples of Jesus Christ. So, as you watch some of this, he says the revelation, and we'll go to just Revelations 1 and 1. We'll just kind of start from that. Uh, let me mention a couple other things that you drop down in that first part. Uh, Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. Um, amen. He's, he's talking about literary tactics. Uh, and uh, I'll probably, probably murder this word. I'm going to do my best. Circular. Uh, locution, I think is how it's pronounced, something on that terms. So it's in reverence to Jesus Christ as God. The tactic used many words to be vague of what uh, on purpose with fewer words would actually be more uh, pacific and efficient. In other words, um, been a lot easier, you know, watch this. Um, when we say Jesus, it pretty well covers everything of the Old Testament. The Nisai, Jehovah, and all the other from healing to the banner for the protection when you call on Jesus. Why? Because the New Testament taught us that all power in heaven and earth is given to what name? And again, in the book of Acts 4, I believe 12, it taught us that there's no other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. But 
the greatest task that John's having now. And remember, John wrote his letter some 40 years after Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John, somewhere in his, they believe, late 80s, possibly 90s. See, he has had this experience. And he's had this season time. Even after the, the ascending up of Jesus Christ. And, and some 40 years of, of discipling and instructing. And, and, and now he knows he's at his, his departing and he's leaving. And so he's going to become even so much more clearer of trying to let people understand who this Messiah was. Who he represented. And that he is the only door to salvation. So, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Another place he talks about it. You can go to Matthew and Luke. And he talked about two terms here. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. To refer, amen, to the same, that refers to the same thing. Even those different terms, amen. Of how you use as far as the kingdom. Heaven and kingdom of God. Amen. We know that kingdom upon this earth. The kingdom of God is what? Amen. It's the Holy Ghost. It's not meat and drinks, but it's peace and joy and righteousness in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God upon this earth. Amen. That you and I become a part of through obedience unto the gospel. Obedience unto the word of God. And so as we watch him here, as uh, he goes on and talks about certain things. He said, from which is come, which was, and which is to come from the seven spirits. And we're going to talk about that a little later, man. Uh, I, there's a lot in this lesson. I'll tell you right now. If you don't pay attention, if you don't listen, you're going to miss some stuff. I'm telling you this stack after stack, and I'm going to do my best. And I know time is going to be my enemy here this morning. And, uh, but I'm going I'm to do my best to cover as much of this as we possibly can as we watch some of this unfold. All right, let's go back to the first verse. The revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him. Amen. Notice which God. He, he's making sure John, even really, he, this is not a man thing. It sure wasn't John's ideal to be put on the Isle of Patmos. But because he was a disciple of Jesus Christ, and uh, from what we can understand, because they couldn't kill him, they couldn't boil him, they couldn't do things, uh, they put him on the Isle of Patmos. The Isle of Patmos is some, I forgot, it's not too wide. It's like, I think, five miles wide, a few miles long, and a place where you put out there to die. It's almost like a prison, you know, and you're just sure to die. You're left there. No, no way back. But apparently John made his way back. It's amazing what God can do. You know what God can do? God can create a fish. He can create one, a man, to swallow a man. Take him back to right the opposite direction that he was going. And if he can get Jonah, he'd have no problem getting John back. When the time was right. You know what I find my biggest struggle is? Being willing to stay with the course. Without mumbling and complaining, accepting the afflictions and the heartaches and the hindrances and the troubles and that comes along with being a disciple of Jesus Christ. But John was still able. <laughs> After supposedly history tells us they tried to boil him, but he wouldn't die. But even just the simple fact of being put on this, this Isle of Patmos. He was still able to do what? Get in the spirit. So watch this. Watch what happens here. He goes on and begins to tell us. He says, so unto his servants. 
things which must shortly come to pass. Don't let that term throw you off. I know we're living in a world today where time is money. We're living in a world today with computers and uh, downloading and things of this, you know, real fast, fast foods and all this other stuff. And so we're thinking, you know, where, you know, the Lord, you've been gone for 2,000 years and 4,000 years before you showed up. You've been gone for 2,000 years. And even the word of God warned us. Amen. Not to listen to that line spirit. Well, everything's like it's always been, you know, and he's not going to come. He's coming. He's coming. Don't you listen to that. But listen to whenever you read in the word of God and whenever it's mentioned, amen, such as the term is mentioned here, shortly to pass. You always got to remember something about this eternal God. The word is God and it's eternal. And when you take eternity and measure it to 6,000 years, hallelujah, that's a short period of time. Wake up. Be with me this morning, folks. It's a short period of time, man. You could take all the time for creation to that. It's a short period of time compared to eternity. And eternity is, is what we're fighting for. It's what we're reaching for. It's not what this world can offer us. But we're looking for a world. <laughs> it's coming. We're looking for a kingdom. And to be a part of a kingdom. It's going to last for eternity. We, we, we connected into a government that knows no end. That rests on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. He sent, signified it by his angels unto his servant John. In other words, God basically uses this angel as a messenger. to Bring it to John on the Isle of Patmos. He's visiting him from the heavens with an angel coming down, talking to him. John's writing all this now. He's recording this. He's, Who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Man, he's going to bear record of it. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy. Blessed. Always remember. Happy. Blessed. If you do any, if you look at it, amen, if you go to any other translation, here's what you're seeing for emphases. Amen. And, and, and that is to be uh, envied. The church, the church actually becomes the envy of the world because we're so blessed. And I'm not talking about with the monetary things. I'm talking about the spiritual blessings. The Prince of Peace. Or at least access unto him. The healer of all disease. Or at least the access to him. The one that can prepare a table in the presence of our enemy. And supply our every need. Even upon this earth. The very mention there about doors. Revelation is where we read about. He's the one that can close doors that no man can close. And he can open doors that no man can open. That's the reason we're encouraged by the word of God. To acknowledge him in all of our ways. You've heard me make this statement the last year. America didn't get here by herself. 
We had some awesome forefathers. Done some great things. And the reason that those things happened is because they recognized a higher power. They knew where their strength would come from. They knew where their blessings would come from. And they would read this on a regular basis. And even let it be a part of their speeches. From the president down. And now we want to be a little hesitant about doing that. In fact, we, we want to just kind of do away with his name. Don't mention his name. You can mention, you can mention all them other cats. Of course, they're dead. There ain't nothing to them anyway. They only gods because men have made them gods. They're not gods. I'm telling the Holy Ghost is with me today, folks. The Holy Ghost is alive and well. They don't have no sniffles. They don't have no problems. Man, this Jesus Christ, I'm telling you, he's sitting on the circle of this earth. None of this is bothering him. He, he didn't stay up. Of course, he didn't have to go to sleep last night. Man, you have to get sleep. <laughs> he doesn't have to. Slumbering, shadow turning in him. He's got it. He, he works it all out. So he's going to watch him. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy. And keep those things. Keep sometimes means as much to guard, to, to protect. Has there ever been a time that you need to protect the word of God? The seed that's been planted into your heart, your mind, and spirit. Even from the Sunday school days. Some of those simple, as we would liken them, but they're not. Those early days of schooling of Abraham and Noah and Daniel and the three Hebrews and Jesus Christ. And it just, at least just goes on and on. And, huh? But they're right. And it's truthful. But we're living in a world today, it's slowly but surely trying to tear it out of the hearts of people. Trying to say, ah, there's nothing. That's just a, that book's, that, that Bible, it's nothing, no more than any other book. I beg the difference. This book's alive. This book's living. If you don't believe it, just start, just start reading it and practicing it and watch what happens. Huh. And he promised us he would write it on the tables of our heart. He put it in our minds. Why? That we can live an overcoming Okay, how did Jesus defeat the devil? It is written. Sometimes that's all you and I need to do. When that devil comes, just say, hey, buddy, it's written. You know it. And turn off and leave him alone. Sometimes the best way to resist the devil is just to walk away. David encouraged us to what? Flee youthful lust. Something the best thing to do is just run. That's what he's done. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump the rabbit. Sorry. Praise God. Goes from that. John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace be unto you in peace from him which is. Talking about Jesus Christ. Which was. Talking about Jesus Christ. And which is to come. From the seven spirits which are before his throne. Wow. Thought you believe in one, we do. So let's explain this. Let's talk about this a little bit. 
Because Jesus Christ is going to represent these seven spirits in the fullness. Not in measure. Remember the number seven is what? Completion. Anybody want to be complete? I know it's Sunday morning, but yeah, I want to be complete in Christ Jesus. I want to be the whole man that God wants me to be. That's the reason you got to have a house of God. That's the reason you got to have God in your life. Because without Him, you're never complete. You can, you can gain the whole world and still be empty. Or you can lose the whole world and be full and complete in Christ Jesus. Because this is the only place you're going to find. So the number seven is complete. Made complete. Made full. The fullness. So as we watch this, I'm going to take you back to a few scriptures, Old Testament as well as New. Zechariah 3 and 9 says, Behold the stone, singular, the stone that I have laid before Joshua. You know what he's talking about here? Is it represents Israel, the nation of Israel. Upon one stone shall be seven eyes. Upon one stone, seven eyes. Behold, I will engrave the gravings thereof, saith the Lord. All capital letters that makes us know that is the Jehovah God, the Spirit God. God is a spirit. And I will remove the iniquity of the land in one day. I'll remove the iniquity of the land in one day. Who did that? The crucifixion of Jesus Christ. A man was the only one that could remove the iniquity. The only one. He wouldn't roll forward or push forward. By obedience of faith. A man with bulls and heifers and things of that nature. No. This lamb. Amen. Hallelujah. Whenever you take on his. It washes it away. As far as east from the west, it puts it in a bottomless pit called the sea. This is the one he's talking about. So, so we realize what even John, what he's trying to reveal, trying to get people and the churches. Could it be even at this time in just 40 years, the churches is already beginning to. Got anything to back up? Yep, Jude. He found it necessary to what? Right, that we might what? Contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Huh. So we got to keep contending. Amen. For the faith and for the truth and the whole truth. Zechariah 4 and 10. For who hath despised the days of small things? For they shall rejoice. Shall see the plummet in the hand of Jerubalah. With those seven... You remember now, Jerusalem was the one that came into the scene after a period of about 20 years. The tabernacle laid there and he finishes that foundation, builds it, does work. By what? This is one that also taught us, not by power and might, but by what? By my spirit, saith the Lord. <laughs> they are the eyes of the Lord. The seven, the eyes of the Lord. That does what? Which runs to and fro through the whole earth. This is how he governs. This is how he operates. This is how he deals with man. From the heavens. Zechariah. I'm sorry. Revelations 3 and 1. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write. These things saith he that hath what? The seven spirits of God. And the seven stars. He's talking about the one now. The one that he's beheld. The one that he's looking at. 
Revelations 4 and 5. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of the fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of of God, Elohim, but to have God in the fullness, all of these is in completeness and totalness. <laughs> Revelations 5 and 6 says, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, watch what he's doing now. John's watching, he's beholding this. It's heaven's opening. He's the, the throne, the throne is singular. Not three thrones, it's not two thrones, the throne. It's only one throne. And of the four beasts in the midst of the elders stood a lamb. Singular. Stood a lamb. Notice John. John's writings are to him. Even though he's writing a man from the Hebrew and, and, and the dialect a man from the Hebrew. But yet he, he refers it to him as a lamb and not a lie. Not here. Watch what happens. A lamb that has been what? Slain. Who bared the cross? Who was slain? Who was butchered? Who was beat to such a pulp that couldn't even recognize him. So marred that even Mary could not recognize her firstborn son. Having seven horns and seven eyes. Go back. Which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. They come in a full package in the man called Jesus Christ. That's the reason he can step out of the bow of a ship and say, let there be peace. And all the creation, there he is. There's our creator. There's our maker. That's the reason he could touch the lepers and heal them. That's the reason now, amen, when they had received instructions, they couldn't behold things. But now the man Christ Jesus could. Why? Because he was God manifested in the flesh. Who knew no limitations in bringing upon this earth that God Himself had created to redeem it, to atone it, to purchase it, to buy it back. This is what John, when he talked about the seven spirits, this is what he's trying to get us to see, trying to get his hearers to understand who this Jesus really was. The Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. He's all of it. There's one thing this book guarantees us. The disciples of Jesus Christ are going to be victorious. From all the times, all the prophets and everything. When this thing is said and done, and even after the millennium of a thousand years, he's going to be the one that's sitting on the throne. He's the one that all nations are going to come to. Disciples of Jesus Christ is one that people are going to come to more. Hey, I want to come to you. It's going to be a number of them coming. I want to follow you because I know where my blessings are coming from. I know. I, I, I see. John 3 and 34. This is John, the same John that wrote Revelation. For he whom God had sent speaketh the words of God. Who did he send? He sent Jesus. And he speaks. What did Jesus say? Man, this kicked me this week. This thing before this lesson, this hit me. I'm going to preach on it sometimes. <laughs> Jesus wouldn't even take the credit. Because no flesh can glory in his presence. Jesus wouldn't take the credit. He says, these are not my words. These are not my works. They're the Father's. Wow. 
For God giveth not, notice John 3.34, if you don't mark any other scripture down, mark this and down. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the spirit, notice it's capitalized. He's not talking about the spirit of a man here. He's talking about the Jehovah God. Gave him what? Gave him by measure to him. It was without measure. He gave it to him in the full, complete package deal. In the man called Jesus Christ. That's the reason we believe in one person in the Godhead called Jesus Christ. That's the reason the Bible calls him the head of the church. It's only one head. We'll take it back again to Isaiah 11. Pretty familiar. Most of us. Isaiah 11. Isaiah 7. Isaiah 9. But here 11. Listen. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. So we hear the root of David. Yet the offspring. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord. Did not Jesus Christ himself say, I am anointed. When he stood in the temple that day and they handed him the book of Isaiah. And he reads unto them, he says, and today these scriptures are fulfilled in your presence. And before your eyes. Because I'm that anointed one to preach the gospel. Amen. Amen. To, to preach deliverance. Amen. To bruise those that's bruised into the gospel. Preach to the poor. I'm anointed for this. That's what the church is anointed for. Amen. To be a door and a gateway for their community. For the community and families to have even a chance against the demonic forces and the powers of evil and the rulers of darkness. There must be a church. A church that believes and walks in the marvelous light and becomes as the candles. And the city that's set up on the hill cannot hide her light. And that light must shine among us before it can shine outside of us. Praise God. So that's really so important how we feel and treat one another as brothers and sisters. We're not careful, we'll put our own light out. See, the devil can't put God's light out. Oh, he can hinder the work. He can cause a lot of frustrations. And maybe he can cause us to question sometime. But he can't put the light out. But you know what can? Unbelief. Evil hearts of unbelief. You know what can? We can quince and grieve. As awesome as mighty God is. We can do that with our own spirit. Why? Because it's in earthen vessels. But thank God for his love. All right, I got to move on. Fifth verse picks up, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. Man, I just fell right in that, didn't I? He just wants us to be faithful witnesses of what? Of his kingdom, his touch, his presence. That's, that's, that's what it's all about. And the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from, from, once, from our own sins in his own blood. Notice what he's saying about him. Who washed us? Jesus Christ, the blood of Christ. Amen. We're his witnesses 
Amen. He's the first that's begotten from the dead. He's never going to experience death again. And because of that, that's where you and I have the promise and the assurance that even when the death angel's coming for us, we realize and understand this is not the end. He's took the sting out of death. Praise God. Sixth verse begins to pick up. He said, hath made us kings and priests unto God his Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. The writer talks about, amen, the glory, the glory, the glory, the glory, amen, that, that belongs to him, the ah, who he is and what he's doing for us as he works among us and through us. Amen. Let, let's don't ever forget where the glory really belongs and giving him that glory, giving him that praise, giving him that honor. We know, amen, the, Acts 9, amen, Acts 1 and 9, 11, talking about how he ascended up. He's coming in like manner. We, we know that. We have that assurance within us here this morning. Revelation 4 and 7, behold, he cometh, what, with clouds, and every eye shall see him. This, this particular, every eye shall see him, is not, amen, the coming of the church when he comes out to the bride, and we're going to meet him in the cloud. Okay. The only way that would be would be those that see him in the clouds then, okay? And that could be possible because what about how much seeing is in the grave? How much learning is in the grave? How much worshiping is in the grave? How much praying is in the grave? Zip. But when that day happens, they're going to be able to see, they're going to be able to smell, they're going to be able to have all five senses back. They're going to be that spirit. God's the word of God says going to bring the spirits back. The spirit's going to raise up a body, a glorified body. This corruption's going to put on incorruption. And you and I, man, are going to be changed in a moment, twinkle of an eye. This corrupt's going to put on what? Incorruption. And all this is going to work and going to meet him. But most believe that this particular area here is talking about in Matthew 24, 30, 31, and Revelation 19, 11. I'm not going to go all back. That second coming, amen, when he talks about coming, even the time he's going to come put his feet on the earth. There's a lot to all that, okay? I just I don't have time to do all that. I'm sorry. And they also which pierced him. Now, we know, we understand what happened and what took place there. Whenever those that pierced him, you go to John 19. It's actually 31 through 37, but I'm going to drop down to 37th verse just to save me a little time. And again, another scripture saith, they shall look upon him who they pierced. They're going to look upon him. Amen. The battle of Armageddon, man, they're going to look upon him. There's a strong possibility, amen, that the only man-made thing in heaven or in that new city it's going to be the scars that was put in the lamb called Jesus Christ. Now, they may be done away with. I don't know. I do know, before you, before you get ahead of me and jumping, we do know that Thomas, even after Jesus resurrected, and he came and showed himself to Thomas, he, so hold that thought. But when I get to the end, we may look a little different, Okay. Eighth verse, and this is where the uh, lesson text actually begins. I'm sorry it took me this long to get there. Uh, but this is where the lesson text actually begins. It begins to talk about where we at. He says, I am the Alpha, the Male, the beginning, the ending. Saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come. What? He's going to become the Almighty. He's not just one. He's the Almighty. Amen. When you're the Almighty, that means there's none above you. Or even beside you. You're the Almighty. You're the King of the Hill. Anybody ever played King of the Hill? When you're the King, you're on the Hill. You can prophesy while you're down here, big boy. You coming down? I'm going to be the king. Well, I'm not yet, but I'm going to be. 
So that's one reason the devil done his best to tempt him and try him and offer him everything he could offer him to prevent him from going to the cross. Because the devil wants to be the king. He's going to claim to be. He's going to claim to be God. Is it Antichrist? Going to sit up in the throne. Three and a half years, going to amaze him, blow people's minds. And if we're still here, we better make sure we, we know what we believe. And that we're willing to die for it whenever we won't bow to him. Because somebody's going to. Somebody's going to be persecuted. Somebody's going to refuse to take the mark. And it's going to cost them their lives. goes from that, he begins to describe to us locations and, and different transitions and things that's happening. Uh, he goes from that, he says, I, John, identifies himself now. Who also am, what's this, your brother, and what's else? And companion in tribulation. I am your brother and companion in tribulation. And in the kingdom of what? The kingdom and the patience of who? Of Jesus Christ waiting. Those that wait on the Lord. We was taught that in the Old Testament. We taught that in the New Testament. Hey, that's one thing endures unto the end. He that holds to the plow. Amen. To the coming of the Lord. That's us on our course. Is to hang on to the end. To the, the course that we go through. And the trials and temptations and battles. And, and the pitfalls of life. But you know what? I got to hold on to this kingdom. I may lose this. I may lose that. And, and things may not work out as far as I can see. You know, real fair to me here. But you know what? Vengeance belongs to him. And he's going to work it all out. Amen. I promise you that. So you know what? Our goal, amen, is to hold on to that inheritance. Amen. That's laid up in the heavens. That we don't have to worry about no man stealing it. We don't have to worry about it rusting away. We don't have to worry about no, no venomous beast or things of the moth, amen, to eat it. You don't have to worry about that. So we got to have patience, and that's what he's talking about. Jesus Christ, which was what the Isles, uh, that is called Patmos. He made sure he understood, everybody understood where he was at, where he's at, where he's receiving this revelation. What? For the word of God and for what? For the testimony of Jesus Christ. This is the reason I'm in the Isle of Patmos. Number one is for the word of God. Amen. Number two, amen, because I am a testimony, amen, of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You're going to be persecuted for his namesake. Because when you call on his name and sell out to him, you can't give, you can't give doors and open, amen, to other gods. Because the scripture told us he is the only door. Praise God. You go back to the part that talks about Amen. First and the last. There's a lot of scriptures. I'm going to do my best. I know I'm running out of time here. Isaiah 41 and 4 says, Who hath wrought and done it? He's talking about, if you go back to Isaiah, the 41st, 41st chapter, you're going to see where God's talking. He's talking through Isaiah. He's talking about as the sovereign God. I'm going to work this thing out. When it comes time for Babylon, you to be brought out of Babylon, I'll move on the king. And he did. He moved on Syria. He didn't name Syria here. Amen. But you can go to the 46th chapter, and he actually names him. But so we see here what he's talking about as he's witnessing to them and testifying to them and, and prophesying unto them. And he's, I'm talking about those, amen, that's in Babylon, in 
captivity. Amen. He's prophesying to them. And this is what he tells them. Who hath wrought and done it, calling the generation from the beginnings. I, the Lord, the first and the last. I am key. Notice what he's saying. What did John say about Jesus? And so now we're watching this tie. Amen. It's recent. He brings some of this about. When you go to Isaiah 44 and 6. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts. Notice who's identifying him with. I am the first. I am the last. And beside me, there is no God. John, amen, is using Hebrew text and Hebrew texture. Amen. To help, amen, the people understand this Messiah called Jesus Christ. Let them know that the ancient of days of Jehovah God is Jesus Christ, the Messiah. I am the first and the last. Isaiah 40 and 12. Again, he says, hearken to me, O Jacob, and Israel call, for I am he. I am the first and also am the last. And so you drop down now to the 12th verse of Isaiah, Revelations 1. I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. And being turned, I saw I saw seven golden candlesticks. This represents the spirit. It also represents the church. He also begins to give us the description of, of who's there. He says, in the midst of the seven candlesticks, there's one likened to the Son of Man, clothed with what? A garment. Down to the foot, girt about with pamps. Amen. With a golden girdle. His head and his hair with white. A man like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. He began to describe who he's beholding, who he's seeing. And you can go back to Daniel. I, I, time will allow me, but Daniel, seventh chapter. You're going to see the same description and so much of, a, of likeness what Daniel saw of this Jehovah God. Amen. And, and when you look back at that, you're going to see. He, he made the statements. He says, uh, uh, Behold, I tell the thrones of the ancient of days did sit, white as snow, the hair of his head like pure wool. Hmm. Putting them all together. The same one. God, the Almighty, the everlasting, is Jesus Christ. That's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Here he is. He's come. I beheld him. I saw him. He began to describe him. What he saw, who he saw, the presence that he was in. Now, you, you listen to me. John was not just one of the boys. John was one of the first disciples of the twelve. John was also one of that inner circle of the three. John was also, watch this, and I don't get ahead of myself. It talks about his feet being brass and burning furnace and all this. Go back and read that, but I, I want to jump because time. 16th verse, same chapter. Watch what begins to happen. And he had in his right hand seven stars. Churches, art, ministers, angels, ministering power. You can, you can, that's the reason God helped us to be anointed. We must be anointed individually, but yet as a church, the fivefold ministry, the host set up. Amen. And out of his mouth went a sharp two edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Watch this. 17th verse. John says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Hold on, folks. Won't you think about that a minute? How many times has John already saw Jesus? 
He has spent three and a half years walking with the man called Jesus Christ. He watched him perform the miracles. He watched him bless the bread. He watched him raise the dead. He watched him do all these perform all these miraculous things. But even after that, John saw Jesus. Forty days after the resurrection, after a man going to the cross, after coming out of that tomb of three days, John saw him, walked with him, talked with him. But now all of a sudden, on the Patmos, on an island, now, and I see him, I see him, I see him so different. I see him in such a greater power, a greater demonstration, a greater that I fell at his feet like a dead man. One of our problems, can I say this? As individuals and as a church, sometimes we let the awe slip away. We let the wonder drift off. And we really forget about when we come here on a Sunday morning. Making whatever sacrifices. Whatever purpose we put in our hearts. And I pray prayerfully that it's not just tradition. And it's not just to be with the crowd. But we come because there is a God. And we know him through the man called Jesus Christ. And we know him through the power of the gospel. And we know him through the power of his spirit. But even after all the experiences that John had prior to this, <laughs> there was none of them like this one. Remember now, John was one of the three that stood there that day and watched Jesus' transfiguration take place. Before his eyes. But it had not affected him and moved him and stirred him like this moment and this time. Could it be, could it be that our own Apostle Paul, when he makes mention that I've saw Jesus, and he talks about going to the third heavens, making confession, he says, I don't know if I was in the body or out of the body. Could this have been some of the things that Paul got to observe and see? And why there was such a struggle in his own heart, his own spirit, when death come knocking. And persecution and going to have to die for the gospel. And he was between a hard place whether or not to go or to stay. <laughs> I've done got a glimpse. I, I know where we headed. Come on, church. There's never been a time that we need to get a fresh look of what's laying for us. What's pulling for us. I know the world's pulling. I know the demonic forces are pulling. I know the spirits of mankind's pulling. But I'm telling you, nothing's pulling like heaven. And nothing's got in store for us what heaven's got in store for us. And I'm telling you, if we could get a visitation of God all over again, even fresh this morning, that all, oh, that all, oh, amen, to get back a hold of us, that we'd never be no pride or nothing, amen, to get us from worshiping this one true living God. This God's alive and well. And he sees it all. He hears it all. Quit act like he don't. Because he does. He knows your intents before you ever even intended to do it. He knows our thoughts. He knows everything about it. But you know what? He loves us. He loves us. And he loves us with an everlasting love. And you know what? He wants us to experience this. He wants us to know him in that manner. In that power. In that demonstration. 
even one of his own in, in, in her circle fell like a dead man. Whenever it was really revelation of Jesus Christ. There's ever been a time that we need a revelation of Jesus Christ as a world, as a nation, and even as a church. We need it. Church would be so much different. Coming together, binding together to worship the one and true living God. And what could really happen in this service, in the miraculous? Cancerous bodies could be healed. Demon-possessed people could be delivered. People that's bound by addictions in one episode can be totally delivered and set free. People struggling with spirits and demonic forces and oppression can find deliverance through the revelation of Jesus Christ and the power that came in the fullness of all seven spirits. It's in the throne rooms of the heaven that God operates upon the earth. It all came in a full package in the man called Jesus Christ. That you and I, amen, now can have access to the same power, the authority as we call on him in prayer, as we call on his name. Whatever you ask in my name according to my will, you can have it it's all about revelation it's all about the first sometimes even that first encounter I still remember the first time I went to a Pentecostal church been a long time ago I was 18 years old. I can take you to the building, take you to the place. Didn't have a clue about it, didn't know anything about it. I just knew I was in a place that felt something I'd never felt before. Huh. Well, I've made a lot of blunders from that time, I promise you. I've grieved the Holy Ghost so many a times. Just being honest. But it's that love and that presence. So which is the devil can't drive me out of it. And not no man, no man, no man can put me out of his hand either. Not whenever you get a revelation of this man. No other man, hallelujah, can pluck you out of his hand. When you get a real revelation of who he is, hallelujah, as your great shepherd, hallelujah, the lover of your soul, the bishop of your soul, the one that holds eternity and all eternity lies in this one man called Jesus Christ and no other. Hallelujah, that's the reason we, we cast all of our cares and all of our life, amen, and put everything in the man called Jesus Christ and the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. They can say what they want to about it, and run it down if they want to. And Hollywood can do what he wants to. But I'm telling you, there's going to be a church. And there's going to be a resurrection. And I want to be a part of it. What about you? I want to see him like I've never saw him before. <laughs> Able to serve and worship him. Like we surrendered so many times in so many ways in this world. But not in that one to come. John said... Kings and priests. Kings and priests. As we stand in this house this morning. Praise God.
God loves us here today. God's got, a, God's got an intent for every soul in this house. And you know what? That intent is for, for you and I to hear him say, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. But it's up to you. You can't do it for me, and I can't do it for you. Everyone's got, God's got something for everybody in the kingdom. God's got something for everybody in the body. There's only one head, but there's a body. There's multiple ministries and outreaches. One spirit, one Lord. Some will prophesy and some will teach. And some will pray for the miraculous. And some will have the gift of healing and some might be working of miracles. And that's what makes the body. When we get a real revelation of that... And when we join even on a Sunday morning like today, that's the reason anything is subject to happen. It's because we worship the true God. And our passionate desire to be a true worshiper, not just here. It's not like we're putting on some kind of mask and putting on some kind of facade and wearing some kind of fog. No, I've been brought out of darkness. We're not ignorant of Satan's devices. And it's not our goodness. It's not any of that. But you know what the real key? First believe that there is a God. And that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And when you start picking this up and you hunger and thirst after it. Like that little baby from that bottle. And then as time goes on and you grow and mature. You lay that bottle down and. I'm going to get some meat. This word. Because there is a demonical force out there. It's a father of all lies. And I'm telling you, Jesus warned us. In the end time. Let no man deceive you. It's not a time to be deceived. It's a time to examine ourselves. Making our calling and election sure. Because shaking time's happening. But I want to be plugged in. I want to be anchored down. Brother Tony and I was talking about an anchor just you know, a little while back. I worked one time at Ingalls down there and I got in the uh, ship fitters. They laid them off and so we actually transferred over into the... Uh, um, mechanical uh, bunch and so I got on the the, uh, the department amen that actually put in that big chain and that old big anchor and so we was at the point on this particular ship for is ever going to be launched they, they actually load them and so we're sitting on land on these big blocks hey I'm talking about a, I'm talking about this this thing was an LHD it, it was huge now I'm talking about a, a ship that weighs hundreds and hundreds of tons blocks man you just couldn't believe how many so we began to pull up that, that anchor and the chain first. We just kept, we kept, had that machine going and we was watching it. And I had the privilege of walking, watching out that hole, that side of that ship, of watching it. 
I was a man to make sure that they could, you know. And all of a sudden, and I picked up that anchor. The chain didn't seem to affect it much, but all of a sudden, we picked that anchor up, son. Hey, I'm gonna, I kid you not, even on land, that old big shield went. Dum. I said, Ma! Surely we ain't fixing it. I said, oh, no, we, we got it. Hey, and he, we brought that thing up, and when we brought that thing up inside that old ship, and it, it finally anchored out, buddy, again. Boom. I'm telling you, we got an anchor in Jesus Christ. I don't care how big the storm is. I don't care who's bringing the storm. It's Jesus Christ that we anchored in. He's been through many a storms. Hallelujah. He's been through many battles. He's been kicking the devil out of heaven and out of people's lives a long time. And if you'll believe it and act upon it by faith, I'm telling you, Jesus don't have no problem driving the devils out of your lives. But you got to get to that place where I got an anchor called Jesus Christ. I got a revelation of who he is. And what he came to do. It's been 2,000 years, but he came to save me. He came to shed his blood to wash me. And to fill me, at least with the earnest. See, we just got the earnest. We just got the down payment. He didn't. He had the fullness of all seven. That was in the throne room. But because we believe in and become followers of his. That gives us access to the seven. And the fullness of the seven. People don't want to pray. We ought to pray. This is where it's at. You see, the prayer was the chain. That hooked to the anchor. Faith, praying, obedience is the chain. It's the lifeline. And if we don't obey, if we don't have faith, if we don't pray, Cutting the lifeline. It doesn't matter how awesome the anchor is. If you don't keep. Take care of the, the lifeline. The chain's important. Every length. Every length. Every length in this church. Every member of this church is important. And the last time I read in the Bible. The weakest length in the chain is greater than the devil. Greater than John the Baptist, Jesus said. See, sometimes we just don't really think what the Bible said. But the Bible said it. You just got to have an ear to hear it and a heart to believe it. And then act upon that. That word. Hmm? Yeah. If you act on that word, you know what you do? You walk on water. But you're not walking on water. You're walking on faith. The word of God. Because Peter said, Jesus, if that be you, bid me to come. One word, come. I don't have any steps he made. But he made. And he kept on if he kept his eyes on Jesus. But when he begins to watch the waves and the elements that are against us. Swaring against us. See, that's, that's all. That's the best the enemy can do. Is get between you and Jesus. And persuade you that he's bigger and greater with his elements. 
Now, those elements can come through the natural. They can come through the spiritual realms. Sure can. Come through health. Come through finances. Multiple, multiple ways. It is written. I know the Messiah. I've experienced him. I've felt him. I haven't seen him yet. But if I keep marching, I will. And as the song says, I can only imagine what I'm going to do. Just for beginners, just to know I made it. Just to know. What about it this morning? Only you know your spiritual condition. You know your stand where it's at. Why don't we just take a moment and let's just pray. Let's talk to God a minute. Let's take this moment and just, God, we love you today. We're so thankful for the man called Jesus. We're so thankful for your word, your anointing and your touch and your mindfulness of us and every soul that's in this house this morning. As you come in such a beautiful and powerful way with your spirit, as you unlock the heavens to pour out your spirit and to reach into our souls, our hearts, our minds, I'm asking you, Lord, here this morning to give us a visitation and a touch. Help us, Lord. And if anyone would like to pray, these altars are open. If you need an invitation, these altars are open. We got time to pray with you. We got time, amen, to work with you. This is the Father's business, and we want to be about His business. Hallelujah. And we're willing to work with you. We're willing to fight with you because this God loves you this morning. This God, amen, wants to know you and for you to know Him and the power of His love, and the power of His grace, and the power of His Spirit. There's no God like this God. There's no Savior like this. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is working for us in Bendale, Mississippi. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness and long-suffering. I thank you for every family and every man, woman, boy, and girl in this assembly this morning. And you'd reach down in such a special way and a special touch, opening our understanding, create a hunger and a thirst within each one of us. Hallelujah, to know you and to experience you in the fullness that you'd have us to. We want to give you all the glory and the praise and honor as you move upon us and go with us on our way. Hallelujah, Lord, I pray for nothing but your heart beating will to be performed in every soul and every life. In Jesus' name I pray, work God, work among us and for us. As we believe in this house this morning, as we believe in your touch, hallelujah, to minister, God. Come, come, come pray with Sister Tammy. She needs a touch. She's been having blood pressure problems. She needs a touch in her body. Let's come. The Bible says that we pray for him. Amen. Lay hands on the sick. What? The Bible says they shall recover. Let's believe that this morning. God, we want you to reach down and touch Sister Tammy here this morning. Minister to her, Lord. We know that you can regulate this blood pressure problem in her mind and her soul and heart and body. This body belongs to you. It's a temple of the Holy Ghost. And you paid the price to heal it, God. And to raise it up for your glory and the magnifying of your name. As you quicken our hearts, our minds, and spirit. Help us pray by faith in this house this morning. In a mighty touch of the Holy Ghost. In a mighty touch of Jesus Christ. In her body and her soul here this morning. I promise you, Lord, all the glory. I promise you all the praise. It's not our goodness. It's your mercy. 
mercy and grace. It's your hand that's moving. It's your spirit that's moving and working for us. And we give you the glory for it here today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Bless her God. Bless her Lord. Touch us. Help us God to be touched here this morning. Help us God to reach up. Help us lift up holy hands without wrath and doubt. Calling on the Lord. Calling on the touch of the Holy Ghost. Visit every soul and heart and mind in this place. Make us God who and what you desire us to be. You're the potter and we're the clay. We want to be the willing vessel this morning God. To get on that potter's wheel. And allow the word of God and the spirit of God and the blood of Christ. Amen. Work on our behalf. Hallelujah. Make us and mold us in who and what you desire us to be in the world that we're living in today. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We give all glory. We give all praise. We give all honor to none other but to you Jesus. Oh, we love you this morning. We love you today. We magnify and exalt you this morning. Oh, the goodness of God, the goodness of God, goodness of God, the goodness of the Lord bestowed upon your people here today. Hallelujah. Favor God shining down upon your people, shining down upon every soul and heart and life that's walked in this house this morning. All because we love you and worship. All because of your mercy and grace and compassion. Hallelujah. In Jesus' precious name. In Jesus' precious name, the Holy Ghost would baptize us. The Holy Ghost would fall among us. The Holy Ghost would have free course and free liberty do great and mighty things in our hearts, in our minds, in our soul. Hallelujah. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we'd walk in that liberty this morning, Lord. Giving you thanks and praise and glory for the mighty work that you're doing in our hearts. For the mighty work that you're doing in our spirit. Help us, God, hallelujah, loosen ourselves from the things that would bind us and hinder the will of the Father in this house and the will of the Holy Ghost in this place. All because we love and worship you with all that lies within us. Hallelujah. As you break down the walls, as you break down, God, the separation, but God, as you mend us and bind us together with your touch in our hearts, with your touch in our spirit, I believe you this morning, Lord, that you want to give us revival. I believe you, Lord, this morning you want to give us miracles and wonders and signs. I believe you want to save souls in this house. I believe you want to heal bodies, Lord. I believe you want to mend minds and mend hearts and mend spirits. Hallelujah. As you walk in this place, God, help us get a real revelation of who you are and what you'll do for us as we sell out to your touch, sell out to your call, sell out to your voice. We love you this morning and appreciate you today as our Lord and Savior, our way maker, our provider. It's none like you, Jesus. It's none like you. Praise God, praise God, praise God. We love you this morning, Lord. Praise the Lamb, praise the Lamb. Hallelujah. It's God's will for us to know Him. To know Him in the power of His resurrection. To know Him, amen, the power of His love and His greatness. It's God's will. It's God's will for us to walk in a greater liberty than anything else that this world has to offer us, to liberate us. Even the American dream, amen, this is greater. It's greater than the American dream. 
just to know him and for he become our author and finisher, become our maker. Hallelujah. Good to see you. Appreciate you being in this service with us this morning. Come back. Come back tonight. All that can. 5.30 prayer time. 6 o'clock service time. Come believing. Come expecting the Holy Ghost to just baptize this place. And to visit us. Amen. I believe it's going to happen, folks. I believe some reviving is going to take place. I believe some deadness that's among us is going to, amen, they're going to start bursting and coming out. And it's kind of like spring, amen. You watch things start turning green and things start sprouting up. And hallelujah. Praise God. I'm believing that. I'm believing that. Bendale, Mississippi. Hallelujah. Praise God. One year ago, we was on the verge of the pandemic and having to go outside and all these other things happening. But praise God. Hallelujah. We believe in without, and that's going to happen this year. We're going to keep having services and having a move of God and a move of the Holy Ghost. We love you. Appreciate you. You can just consider yourself dismissed in the fear of the Lord. God bless you this morning. Appreciate you so much. Amen. Mr. DC, God bless you, man. It is good to see you and your family with us. Appreciate you so much for being here and all the others. God bless each one of you. God bless you.